Good morning. My name's Thad Lanthrop. I'm the executive pastor here at CIV, and I'm glad you could join us for the service. Um, and we are continuing on with our Christmas message series that we're calling the Forgotten Day of Christmas. And this day, it happened about 40 days after Jesus's birth when Mary and Joseph took Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem. And the scene that we're looking at, it's not depicted in Christmas decorations like the nativity is. The two main characters of the series for us, they aren't remembered like the shepherds and the wise men that were there um, that um, are a part of the nativity scene, uh, decorations at Christmas. But the two people we're looking at, they communicate really important truths about Jesus being born and who he was and still is today. And last week we saw Simeon. And Simeon, this it's the one time we see Simeon's name come up in the Bible. And he said that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. The word consolation, it means a calling to one's side. Jesus was God coming down to earth, living by the side of his People and God's people today can call on Jesus to be by their side as they walk through life. And the second forgotten person that we're going to be looking at today is Anna. And we meet Anna, the same temple, um, just a few verses later after we meet Simeon. Look at what it says in Luke 2 36 and 38. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel. Of the tribe of Asher, she was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. So here we see Anna is a prophetess. And a prophet slash or a prophetess um, back in the Old Testament, they were called by, by God to deliver messages from God. So a prophetess or a prophet, they were really needed in the time before Jesus because sin had broken the relationship between mankind and God. And so God would choose to speak through different people, different prophets or priests or prophetesses. And sometimes he'd speak in a special manner, but the norm was for God to speak through these people. And so Anna is a prophetess. She's also been a widow for a long time. But as she's been a widow, she didn't lose her faith in God. Her faith in God was strengthened. And we see that as it goes on to say, she did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day and coming up. At that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. So here we see Anna's playing the role that God has given her as a prophetess. She's speaking to the people who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Jerusalem here, it's in reference to God's people. They're at the temple in Jerusalem, and that's really like the capital of God's people in this time. And so this is saying that God's people are waiting for their redemption. 
We have a lot of thoughts that come into our mind, at least I do, when I'm thinking about uh, redemption and what that means. In California, we have the California redemption value on our plastic bottles, and if we turn it in, then we'll get five or ten cents back for that bottle. Or maybe you like to clip coupons, and you redeem those to get a discount at the store. When we think of redemption, we typically think about this exchange that happens uh, where we turn something in and we get something in return. Now, the idea of redemption that we typically comes to our mind is, is, a, is a good idea of what it's talking about here, but it doesn't quite get all of it. And so I want to look at the Zondervan Pictorial Encyclopedia of the Bible. Um, it, it gives this definition, which I think is really helpful for us. It's redemption is deliverance from a bondage, a release of someone or something from an alien power that has a claim upon it. Now, this isn't talking about aliens like extraterrestrials. It's Aliens means used here um, to describe something foreign. It's something outside of ourselves. And so this means that redemption is needed when something has a hold of us. Short definition for redeem could be buy back. Jesus came to buy back his people. And this redemption is offered to everyone, but each person has to come to the choice themselves to accept that redemption that is offered. And so the question becomes, first of all, why do we need redemption? Well, we need redemption because on our own, we are slaves to sin. What is sin and, and why are we slaves to it? Well, sin, it means to miss the mark that God has given us through his will and through his law. It's also a term that's used in archery. And so that when we think about archery in terms of, of what sin is, it gives us a good visual like this target picture that you see. In archery, if you miss the bullseye, it's called sin. And look at all the holes that are in that picture around the entire target that are all missing the bullseye. That's what our life looks like, too. When we miss the mark that God has given us to live by and we choose to sin, to sin and we try over and over and over and over again to do what God wants us to do, but we miss the mark. And it just creates all these holes around the target. This last week, I missed the mark with my daughter. I was harsh to her. Um, at other times during the week, I was patient. So when I was patient, I'm hitting the mark. I'm hitting the bullseye. But when I chose to be har harsh, it hit off of the bullseye. That's what our targets look like. We hit the mark sometimes, but we also miss the mark a lot, too. And in John 8, 31 through 34, Jesus is explaining what it means to be slaves to sin. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham 
and have never been enslaved to anyone. So they're responding to Jesus saying that you're going to, the truth will set you free saying we we're not slaves to anyone like we have been in our history in the past. They're saying, how is it that you say you will become free if we're not slaves? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Jesus is saying that the truth will set you free, not from some physical bondage to to slavery in some people group or person, but the truth will set you free from sin, from missing the mark that God has given you that's going to lead to a good life. The truth will set you free from that sin. Now, we become slaves to sin. Um, it's just naturally in us to turn away from God. Have you ever just felt wronged from someone and it's hard to get over it and you just keep thinking about it over and over and over and over again? I have. I've been in that spot. I've stewed on the situation that I felt wronged in over and over again until the point where I I became angry. And then the anger would just get stronger and stronger the more I thought about the situation. And I would keep missing the mark that God had given me and not choosing forgiveness, but choosing anger and choosing hurt over and over And over again, filling up my target outside of the mark that God has given me. Because I couldn't get over it. I couldn't forgive that person. How about fear? You ever looked at a situation and you just get stuck? You're fearful. You know that you need what you need to do, but you you can't do it because you're afraid of what someone might think. Or you're afraid of the pain that you're going to experience and the fear just grows and grows and grows and this anxiety in you grows and grows and grows as well. Or what about an addiction? You try to quit over and over and over again, but it's just so hard and you keep slipping and missing the mark that God has given you over and over and over again. This is what it means to be enslaved by sin. We keep falling back into old patterns and Or we just fall into sin and we can't get out. It seems like the more we try, the further we slip down into sin. Jesus is saying you can be set free from that sin. The truth will set you free. You don't have to be a slave to sin any longer. And Romans 6.16 goes on to clarify that there's not really any neutrality when it comes to sin and, and the truth. It says, do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? There is no neutrality when it comes to sin or obedience to Christ, the truth. No one can be Switzerland. It's a choice to choose freedom in Christ or to be a slave to sin. Now, there can be this battle going on in between sin and truth. And that's that's what goes on in the life of people who've chosen to follow Christ. Because there's still this innate um, 
sinfulness in us that pulls us back towards us. So there, there's that battle that goes on. But the choice has to be, am I going to choose to go God's way or am I going to choose to just not and be continue to be a slave for sin? If you've already committed your life to Christ, then we really need to remember that there's no neutrality here. We've chosen. We've chosen to follow Christ and to go his way. Now, we were slaves to sin, so we need to remember that. And we need to remember that there's still that pull for us to go back into the old way of living. But with God's help, we can hit the mark more and more and more as we mature in our relationship with him. But we also know it's not going to be perfect. And that that keeps us humble to know that we could choose sin at any point as well. Now, if you're here and you you haven't yet committed your life to Christ, then this is why we need redemption. There's no neutrality. The choice is freedom in Christ or being stuck in sin and being stuck in patterns that are going to just wreak havoc in your life. And so on our own, we see that we're slaves to sin, and we also see that we're dead in our transgressions and sins. Ephesians 2, 1 through 2 says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. On our own, we have missed the mark God has given us. We've become enslaved to sin, and that has earned us death through our transgressions and sins. Eternal separation from God in heaven is what we have earned on our own, but the redemption of Jerusalem came. And through Christ, the death we earned is exchanged for life. Romans says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Here is what Jesus' target looked like when he was on earth. I was trying to find a target picture with a perfect bullseye that was a real one, like the last picture that we saw. Real arrows, real target, real marks in it. But I couldn't find one that didn't have any other marks outside of the bullseye. Jesus did what we couldn't do. He hit the mark every time. While we earned death and separation from God through our sin, Jesus was perfection. And he and we can have eternal life through him. Because through Christ, we are bought back from our sins through his death. Romans 5.8 says, But God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We didn't do anything. To deserve God's grace and mercy, yet while we were still sinners, God sent his son to live a perfect life and die on the cross for our sins. And now through Christ, we can have eternal life. Here's Romans 6.23 again. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you haven't accepted the free gift of God, 
that is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, then I invite you to do that today. All it takes is saying a prayer like this ABC prayer to God. Dear God, I admit that I am a sinner. I believe that Jesus is your son, that he lived a perfect life, and that he died on the cross for my sins, and I commit my life to follow Christ as my Lord and boss. I'm going to turn from doing my own way. I'm going to go your way, God. And then you can say in Jesus' name, amen. We need redemption. Because on our own, all of us, we're all, we're slaves to sin. We were dead in our transgressions and sins. But when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you don't have to be slaves to sin anymore. I was harsh with my daughter this week. I miss the mark that God has given for me. But I don't have to be enslaved anymore by that sin because Jesus has redeemed me. He bought me back from that sin that has earned me death. Something that I couldn't do on my own. And even though I fall into my old ways of living and sin at times through the power of Christ in me, I can repent and live a life of freedom. So I asked my daughter's forgiveness, and she forgave me, and I was set free from the bondage that comes from unclear relationships and just the, the junk that builds up in our life as we sin over and over and over again in relationships. God, Christ gave us a way out of these destructive patterns. He redeemed us, and that's what God wants all of us to do. He wants us to be redeemed once and for all and make Jesus the Lord of our life. And then he wants us to live like we're redeemed. Not getting ensnared and trapped in sinful ways that are going to bog us down and just bring us down. He wants us to live like we are redeemed. He doesn't want us to be a slave to anger when someone does us wrong. He doesn't want us to be stuck in fear. He wants us to choose freedom through the truth that God will take care of us, whether somebody does us wrong or whatever impossible thing it looks like we're facing. Jesus is the redemption for his people. He paid the ransom to free us from captivity by dying on the cross for our sins. This does not mean that life is now perfect. Those that choose to accept God's free gift of eternal life are still going to have challenges like anyone else, but they can face those challenges knowing that God redeems his people and the situations that they face. And I've asked the Albrights to share how God has redeemed a situation with their son, Riley, that they've been facing for over a decade. I shared their story early in uh, November, but I want to give a quick recap, um, and then they're going to share uh, and answer some questions that I have for them about how God has redeemed um, what's going on with Riley. Riley's 13 years old, and he does not speak. And year after year, the Albrights have tried different therapies to, to help Riley, and they try over and over and over again. And as they tried the therapies and the diets and anything that, that would come across their path, 
nothing seemed to help Riley like they would hear it helped others. So day by day, they could not communicate with their son, and it was hard to keep getting their hopes up of this might work and then being let let down again when it didn't. And then Jace lost his job, and uh, he's a physical therapist. He lost it for principled reasons, wasn't a job performance issue, and he was scrambling to find work, and he ended up working at a place where Riley went for physical therapy in the past. And through that employment, someone mentioned a way that um, kids were learning how to communicate through spelling. And they start with a letter board like this one on the screen. And the goal, and they'll use a pencil to poke through it to spell out words. And the goal is eventually to work up to a keyboard. And Riley is now communicating through spelling. He already knew how to spell, but now he's learning how to communicate through his spelling. And the Albrights were able to buy him something uh, this last year that they knew he wanted for the first time. Here he is um, on that bike. And I really appreciate the Albrights uh, being willing to share with us. Um, I, I really think their testimony, it's going to be a real encouragement. And it's going to show how Jesus is our Redeemer. And he will redeem even the hard things that we're going through in life. So, Jason Tracy, uh, can you guys describe some of the difficulties that you have faced over the years and how you have felt during those times? Bradley was diagnosed with autism when he was two years old. And this is kind of a generic term. It doesn't really help you understand who Riley is. The specific things that Riley struggles with are apraxia and sensory processing. And apraxia is a big word. It's a term that means that there's a brain-body disconnect that hinders his ability to do what he intends to do with his body, his mouth, his eyes, and things like that. But this affects his speech. So when he talks, things don't come out clearly, and he's limited to just a few familiar words and phrases. It also leads for him to have difficulties with inhibition and impulse control, meaning he can't always start or stop his body to do what he needs to do. He also has sensory processing disorder. This is a term that means he experiences sensory input differently than you or I might experience it. And that means he may crave certain inputs and he may also need to be protected from other inputs. And so over the years, as we try to understand Riley and his world, it's really led us to have a lot of struggles with hopelessness when we don't understand his struggles. And it feels like To me, it always felt like when you have a baby or a young toddler, when they're sad or angry or crying, and you just don't know what's going on. And so you have to do your best guess to try to figure out how to help them. And this is kind of what our life has been like for the last 13 years. We never really knew what he wanted or what he wanted to do or didn't want to do or what he wanted to eat. It was always just kind of a guess. And parents with kids like Riley, they can never really accept the way things are and how you can move forward because some of these kids will recover. They may overcome all their struggles by age 5 or 10 or 15, but other kids don't do that. They they are the way they are. And we've done just about everything we could over the years to try to help him, but it's been with little to no benefit. So we never knew how to help him. And But there's things like we knew he wanted friends. Like at the park sometimes we'd see him go watch other kids his age and he'd just sit there and just start to cry. And we didn't know how to help him with this. Um, I've struggled with a lot of emotions. Um, 
uh, especially at times anger towards God. Um, we cried out many, many times for healing, uh, for Riley and deliverance. Um, we've tried many therapies and treatments and diets, and we've spent a great deal of time and money um, over the years to help him with little to no benefit. Um, Riley has had multiple illnesses, major injuries, including one life-threatening accident, um, and seven surgeries. And each time these things would come up, we just kept feeling like, again, like, why, Riley? God, hasn't he been through enough? Um, It just felt like it was always something. Uh, We would struggle with how is this good for Riley? Um, We can see how God's using this in our life, in our hearts, and other people, but how is it good for him? Um, And we struggled with loneliness. We have so many people that love us and care for us, pray for us, but not very many people that really know what our life is like day to day. And also not a lot of people that we can go to for advice specifically regarding Riley. There's just so many different angles and facets of who he is and what he needs, and there's not any one person that can really help with all of those. Um, And we've also had to function very differently as a family um, than other families that we know. We just have to do things differently, and sometimes we have to miss out, or we just have to, only some of us can do it. Um, And so it's just been a struggle. Yeah, and on top of that, we struggle with fatigue and burnout. There's many years of sleeplessness where Riley would wake up in the middle of the night and not be able to go back to sleep because of his sensory difficulties. And our stress is often very high because we're often on high alert to keep him safe from either hurting himself or damaging things or upsetting other people in public. We just we didn't know how to respond, and so our stress is always high. And there's been points where we just wanted to give up, like Tracy said, on certain parts of our lives because it was just too difficult or we didn't have the energy to adapt and kind of push through. But our girls have been impacted too. We've always struggled with feeling guilty that they were not able to give our two daughters kind of a normal childhood. We've opted out of a lot of activities and trips or events as a family because our family situation is just different. On top of this, Riley has his own difficulties, both emotionally, relationally, physically, And he's been unable to communicate what he really needs through all of this. Thank you guys for just your your open and honesty about how those times have been. Um, I want to ask you now, uh, looking back at those difficulties and just what has gone on over the years, what are some ways that you can see that God was delivering you from that bondage of hopelessness to live in the freedom that comes from the redemption of Christ? So in the holiday season of 2021, I lost my job, and I had to scramble quickly to get more work quickly to provide for the family. God redeemed my job loss amidst a really rough economy. By the end of the first week, God had provided me with three part-time jobs, and one of those was at the place where Riley had had been getting occupational therapy since he was four years old. And it was there I was able to show the co-owner who is a speech therapist, a sentence that Riley had typed independently for the first time with his school OT. She turned me on to a method of communication that helps non-speaking kids to be able to learn to communicate through spelling by touching letters on a board. Our journey continued to evolve, and each step of the way, we saw God provide the next step until we ended up at the Speller Center down in Oceanside. And it was here that we learned how to help Riley uh, use spelling to communicate how to have better control over his eyes and over his body. And there we're also able to 
provide Tracy with mentoring and coaching and training so that she can be a better help for Riley at home. And it's because of this that we can now communicate with Riley. Um, spelling to communicate is a method for non-speaking individuals to be able to point to letters on a letter board in order to spell what they wish to communicate. Um, presuming competence is key because um, we are not teaching Riley how to spell. He already knows how to read and write, which is miraculous in and of itself. Um, but we are training his apraxic body to be able to, make, to move in the way that it needs to move in order for him to spell. Um, and here is a video of Riley with his um, spelling to communicate practitioner, Ashlyn. All right. And I said Atlantis is a what tale that has intrigued many. It's a what tale. Go for it. L then after L. E then after E. G then after G. E then after E. N then after N. D then after D. A then after A. R then after R. Y. Dude. Perfect. That was so good. Super accurate, too, and you had a beautiful flow. Legendary. Uh, she's pretty awesome. Um, so also I wanted to share just one way that God has recently very specifically shown me um, that he is redeeming our story um, with Riley. And um, just a quick background, when Riley was about seven years old, we had been um, praying for and waiting for something very specific that we were going to do that we were hoping would really be a turning point for him. Um, however, that day came and things didn't go the way that we had hoped that they would. And we were devastated. We just, we felt like um, that was our last hope and it was gone. And I realized that I had been camping out at this point in my life where I was waiting on God to change things. And I felt like I couldn't move forward until he did that. Um, we had sidelined ourselves a lot in ministry and relationships and with, um, with others because we felt like we just couldn't do that until God changed something. Um, very quickly after that, God inspired me with a story that I heard, and I decided to write down my very specific hopes and dreams for Riley for his life. And I, I put it, I wrote them down um, and on this paper. And I put them in this envelope and I sealed it. And practically, um, it's been in our safe at home since then. But symbolically, this what I was saying was, God, if this is what you have for Riley and for us for his whole life, okay. I was surrendering Riley's life to God and I was choosing to move forward in faith knowing that I might never get these things. And every once in a while, I would come across this um, letter, and uh, it would just be a reminder to me that I had chosen that. And um, I was looking for something recently, just a few weeks ago, and I came across the letter, and I felt like God was saying, Tracy, it's time for you to open the letter. And I did. And um, what I found is that God has begun to give us these things. And about half of the list now, God has actually given us. Two of the major things are that Riley can communicate, and he's given his life to Christ. And because of his ability to communicate, the other half are possible now. When I wrote these down, we saw no way that they would ever happen. Um, and God just brought this verse to mind when I was thinking about this story. Psalm 37.5, it says, Commit your way to the Lord. 
trust in him and he will act. And God is acting right now in Riley's life. Um, he's also redeeming Riley's education. Um, we honestly, we never knew what to do with Riley's education and schooling. Um, we thought that all, what we were working towards was a cer- certificate of completion, which is basically you have attended school for 18 years. Good job. Um, and uh, we just thought we were failing him, but didn't know what else to do. But through the network of people that we've met through Spellers, um, we got connected with a woman, Dr. Jen, who is um, has developed a fully accredited online high school for Spellers specifically. And um, that will enable him to earn a high school diploma. And it's actually starting the school's opening next year, um, fall of 2024, and that is the year that Riley would be in ninth grade. That's really fun. And on top of this, which that's already enough, I feel like, but God's redeemed our story as well. And looking back, there's so many ways that we can see God's provision. Through the body of Christ, he's provided people who love and care for my son and treat him like any other kid. There's people who give us date nights, have gone shopping for us, remember his birthday and his favorite treats or his favorite food and bring him special things. People have given financially to pay for a lot of Riley's therapies and his spelling sessions because they're not cheap and people have given money to help us with that. They've loved and encouraged and prayed for us. They've been there when we needed them most. And even a friend moved in with us for a few years to help us to give some extra hands during some of the hardest seasons of our life. And God's provided tutors to navigate uncharted territories and many unknowns that we have. And even my daughters have had the opportunity to see God come through. They have faithfully prayed for their brother for years, daily, every time they start their prayer, they start with asking God to give them the ability to speak. And the great thing is now they're getting the privilege to see God answer all of these years of praying faithfully for Riley. And God has a proven track record of goodness and kindness to us. He's enabled us to trust him as we've seen him be good to us over and over, even when we didn't understand why or what he was doing and why he wasn't changing our situation when we would cry out in anger and frustration and loneliness. We didn't understand it, but God was still there. And we didn't understand why he's not helping Riley. We're praying and nothing's changing. But when we didn't see it, he was doing good for us and for Riley through that whole time. The verses I've quoted the most over the last decade plus to really just encourage me as I've gone through Riley's journey is Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, which says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And this goes with something Randy said a few years ago that really stuck with me, that God is working even when you can't see how. It's amazing how... Christ takes hard things and he works, weaves good in them somehow. It, it is incredible. When you're redeemed by him, you can see redemption and just you get help in the middle of the really hard times. Now, Riley is redeemed through his communicating, through spelling. He committed his life to follow Christ a while back. Could you tell us about that conversation with Riley and just how that all came about. Well, I was following up on some questions um, that I had asked Riley a few weeks earlier. So this conversation wasn't out of the blue necessarily. Um, But I asked him, do you want to be a Christian? And he said, yes. And I asked him, are you a Christian already? Because that's something that we weren't ever really Mm -hmm. sure about. And he said, I'm not. 
but you want to be? And he said, yes. I asked him if he had any questions, and he did. He asked me a very personal question um, that I won't share, but uh, something that had really been weighing on him. And I asked him, uh, how does this question keep you from being able to accept Christ, or is it something that you need answered? And his response was, right now, I plan to accept Christ. Now, his dad and I came back to that question later, and were able to talk to him about that. Um, but he was saying he was ready at that moment. So I asked him, do you understand what it means to be a Christian? And he said, I understand. I asked him, what keeps us from having a relationship with God? And he said, sin. I asked, have you sinned? And he said, I have. What is an example of a sin that you have done? And he said, anger. I asked him, what did God do to make us right with him? And he said, he sent Jesus to die on the cross. And I asked him, what does God require of us? He said, right now, I want to make God my Lord. And I said, yeah, he wants us to make him his Lord, make him our Lord. And so I told him that I would go ahead and pray out loud, and he could pray in his mind. I don't need to hear what he's praying, and he doesn't need to spell it. And so I, we prayed and confessed his sin, his belief in Jesus' death, and asked God to be his Lord. And when I was done, I asked him, did you pray that prayer in your mind? And he said, I did. And I asked him, how do you feel now? And he said, I feel now I have a right relationship with God. And we talked to Riley about what we were going to be sharing today, and he, he okayed everything. But we asked him um, just a few days ago if he would like to add anything. And so here's a video of Riley um, spelling out what he wanted to add. Here's the ball. Okay. Get it right in your head. You got it. Ready? Here we go. And then O and W now. Okay, next word. Go ahead. Now I am A and and now I am. Okay, now. I am. I am. Go ahead. I was uh, now, Riley was tired that day, so we ended there with that statement, but I followed up with him um, a couple days later to see if he could clarify or add to what he meant by different. And he said, mainly because my love for people is stronger and my heart is joyful. Jesus is our Redeemer. We can have eternal life with God in heaven through Jesus Christ our Lord. And we have perfection to look forward to. But on earth, there's going to be difficulties. The enemy wants us to get trapped and enslaved to the sin through these difficulties. But God wants to redeem them. He wants to take what looks hopeless and show us that there's hope. He wants to give a voice to the voiceless. He wants to turn fear into faith. He wants to take anger and turn it into forgiveness. He wants to turn harshness into kindness. And he wants to redeem whatever situation you're facing right now. Will you trust him as your redeemer? Each week we have next steps that you can take in response to 
the message. And here's some next steps you might want to take. The first is my next step today is for the first time, I'm going to commit my life to follow Christ. If you haven't done that yet, pray that ABC prayer. Admit that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus was God's son, that he lived a perfect life. He died on the cross for your sin and commit your life to follow him. Experience the redemption. Experience Jesus buying you back from sin and giving you freedom to live life the way it's meant to be. Another next step you might want to take is to live with the hope that God can redeem Fill in the blank. Is there something really hard going on in your life right now? Or just some situation that you don't see how any good can come from it or how God could redeem it? Write it down. Pray. Ask for his help. Choose hope that he can redeem that situation. Look for what he's trying to teach you and grow you in during it. And then the last next step is, Maybe you want to memorize Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Jesus is the redemption of Jerusalem. Jesus is the redemption for his people today, and he will help us. He will redeem whatever we're going through if we turn to him and trust him with what it is that we have going on. Let's pray and ask for his help to do that. God, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. That we can have a right relationship with you because Jesus is our redemption. He lived the perfect life that we couldn't. And he bought us back. He paid the ransom for our sin that we could have freedom in your truth. Help us to walk in the freedom that comes from those being redeemed. Help us to know that whatever's going on in our life, you will give us what we need to get through it, and you will make good for us in the end. It's hard to see that sometimes, Lord. Give us the faith to do that. Give us the hope to trust in you. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.